Lean forward slightly. Look straight at the speaker. And listen with a sparkle in your eye. As though you might be thinking, gee, this is the most wonderful thing I've ever heard in all my life. Live from Hollywood, California, this is So I Married a Movie Geek. Hello and welcome to So I Married a Movie Geek, where it's always two outs and one man on and somewhere near the seventh inning stretch. I'm Christy McQueen and Justin Winters, as always, my better half, is on my left. Say hi to the nice people, Justin. What's up? <laughs> uh, do we want to give it away right away as to why the opening baseball reference? Um, do you want to draw draw it out <laughs> longer? No, I, no, not so much. Let's not talk about what we're going to talk about. Let's talk about something else. Well, I was trying to think of a clever way to intro it, and now I've just given my own self-convoluted thoughts away by being like, hmm, how do I present this? We watched two movies. But yes, one of which was Moneyball, a.k.a. one of my favorite movies of the year. Definitely of the summer. Whoa. I know. This is new news to me. Such resounding approval. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, And the other one I can't take any credit for. That was all Justin's doing. Justin, what did we see? We saw Orgasmo. And what did it have to do with Moneyball? It complimented the movie (laughs) how? Okay, I'm just not even going to defend it. I'm just going to say that (laughs) it was juvenile for me to think about Moneyball and the porn version of it being called Moneyballs. And then that led me to think of orgasmo, and that's so you actually thought of money balls in the dirty sense before orgasmo. It wasn't like you saw orgasmo somewhere in your Netflix queue and went, "Oh, we should watch that soon." How can I tie this to money ball? Like you legitimately were like, "Hmm, money balls," and then thought of <laughs> orgasmo. <laughs> yes, and I stroke, I stroke my chin just like that. <laughs> no, like I said, I can't really defend myself. Just to say that, again, I'm a guy sometimes, and I think... Sometimes? I, you're only a guy sometimes? Huh? You're like, I'm a guy sometimes. No, and when I say... <laughs> no, a guy in the worst way. <laughs> and I think of stupid things, and you, you, I wanted to see Field of Dreams, but you, you already knew a lot about it, or had seen it at one time, so I was like, oh... And I think it's something better, like a change-up, something she wouldn't expect. <laughs> a change-up. And I was like, money balls. This is a change-up pitch. What? Porn orgasmo. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> but what really kills me is that before... So, but, but hindsight, not the best idea. But you know what? Whatever. <laughs> what really kills me is that before we really started watching Orgasmo, you would just put it on, and it was the opening credits, and it goes... Orgasmo in like the big letters, and then I'm, I looked at you and I went, "What does this have to do with Moneyball?" And you said, "Shh, Jussi," <laughs> and I was like, "Okay." All right, let's talk about Moneyball first. Wait, and then five minutes in, I was like, "No, really, what does this have to do with Moneyball?" I thought I was missing something, and you were like, "You'll see." <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> you kind of did. 
No, I kind of did not. <laughs> I think I just said money balls. No, and then finally a half, no, a half an hour later when I asked you a third time, no, for real, what does this have to do with money ball? You were like, okay, <laughs> here's what I was thinking that you told me. Okay, I already just said exactly what I told you, so why are we going over it again? The f- well, because the funny part was that originally you didn't just spit that out. You were just like, oh, you'll know what it's about. Like, you'll get the correlation. <laughs> what? Basically, it was just me. Hey, Chrissy, can you pay attention to a movie to save your life? I'd pay attention to Moneyball. Well, there wasn't anything. We were in a room with a bunch of people watching it on a screen. It doesn't matter. I could be bored in movies where there are a whole bunch of movie. I mean, people with the screen. I've watched movies where you with you where I was bored too, but I also didn't, you know, think of other things to do. Go ahead. Let's talk about Moneyball. I don't even know what to say to you. If, okay. If they do a sequel, they should call it Moneyballs. Well, all right then. <laughs> I heard somebody on NPR talking about Moneyball today, and they actually, I'm not going to be able to recreate the exact um, critic sentence, but they summed up kind of how I felt about it. They were like, this movie succeeds in being a baseball movie, in being an Alan Sorkin talky-talk heavy movie, and in being a Brad Pitt vehicle. Like, all at the same time. Okay, but what did you think about it? Let's no, not... that is, like, that really encompasses everything that I love. I mean, I'll go into depth, obviously. Well, here, I will just read from the Roger Ebert review <laughs> of Moneyball, and you can just say that I also feel the same thing. Hey, I appropriated the quote. I said I heard <laughs> it on it. Yes, I did. You're like, I don't even know what they said exactly. No, I appropriated, though, to NPR. I was like, I heard this on NPR, and it encompassed my personal emotion and feeling regarding the subject. Okay. Well, what is it before Moneyball? What was your favorite baseball movie? Um, Angels in the Outfield. Angels in the Outfield? <laughs> it might be. I can't really remember. Well, see, that puts everything in perspective. <laughs> now, if Angels in the Outfield was your favorite baseball movie before but, this. But wait a minute. we Our audience deserves at least an iota of clarification. Although I maybe wasn't totally up and up on baseball movies or movies in general, to be fair. I'm not hating on. I like Angels and Alphas. Oh, no, no, I know. But but they deserve to know. I did go to pretty much every Dodger homestand from when I was four to when I was, like, 19. So I do know my baseball. Like, not a ton. I'm not an expert, but... Were they playing any baseball movies at these baseball games that you attended? No, they were actually playing the game. Wow. What a concept, right? Wow. Like, I know how to keep score. I know all... You should have been in Moneyball. Yeah. I know how to keep score. I know all of the nine positions in order. I I know how like each position is supposed to be played. What's the best lineup when you're doing the batting order? Should stuff the, like that. Should be the president of baseball. I'm not trying to say that. I'm just trying to also. Uh, oh, you're such a dick. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't know. I know you've been more been to more baseball games than I have. No, I, that's not. Congratulations. Even, that's not the point. You should get a baseball medal. I just want our audience at home to know while I am a total idiot when it comes to certain things, and off, very often on this podcast, I play the idiot fiddle to your expert. This That's is one thing stupid. that... stupid. Don't say that. This is... This you're, is you're a baseball expert. I'm not a baseball expert, but this is one thing that I'm not terribly stupid in. Well, I don't really know of anything that you're terribly stupid in anyway. Math. That's true. You're terribly stupid in math. <laughs> 
I was trying to divide, by the way, this this week, like hours in a day with hours in a week and hours here and there. And I was literally penciling with my fingernail on my hand. Well. <laughs> Sad. We should also note that Christy, you can't go to a baseball game with Christy and have your team that you're pulling for actually win the game because she is like poison poison well that's not true i think it's just relating to the dodgers specifically i'm kind of dodger poison if you want to go with me to a dodger game just know that you're gonna watch them lose just know that i mean a lot of times they're very good at losing on their own but when i'm there they're gonna lose i remember when they got to playoffs uh i want to say it was 2009 and my dad stopped letting me go to games. He was like, so you're not allowed to go because they're in the playoffs. That makes sense. Lose. That makes sense. And also the fact that if you don't get to sit where you want to sit, you create a huge stink. Like those undersea octopi that squirt no, the ink. I'm going to say one thing about it. I'm going to say it calmly and rationally and briefly and be done with it. Mm-hmm. Dodger Stadium is very akin to the Hollywood Bowl. You buy your tickets for a section. Yes, you have a ticket number printed on the seat. Yes, you have a seat number and row number and aisle and all that crap. If it is not a sold-out game or like in the scenario of Hollywood Bowl, not a sold-out concert, it's more of a moray. It's a social moray. You don't have to sit in the exact printed number on that ticket. You get a ticket to the section that you want to be in, and then you kind of sit wherever it's not going to be, like, you know, totally usurping people. You don't go over people and, like, try to sit in the middle, but, you know, you just kind of take a seat somewhere. You light somewhere. And then if some crazy person who walks by comes down the aisle, and they're, like, totally novices at doing this, and they obviously don't know what the hell they're doing, and they're like, this says they have to sit in seat 13. And they walk over to seat 13, and then they go, oh, looks like you're in my seat. You go... Oh, no problem. And you scoot your ass over five inches. That's it. See, that's fine. But here's what... I've been in this situation with you before. And instead of just sitting in your seat that you have printed on your tickets and enjoying the view, because pretty much anywhere you sit, you're going to have a good time. At where? Huh? Dodger Stadium? Yeah. Okay. It turns into like a game of Q-Bert. Like... that? (laughs) You, you, like, sit in someone's seat. They come, say that you're in their seat. You move, and then you're in this new seat that's not yours. Those people come. You're sitting in their seat. All this time, I'm like, I just want to watch the game. And you're like, no, this is how it's done in Dutchess Stadium. <laughs> and I'm like, this sucks. But you're thinking of Can a- I just be an angel in the outfield <laughs> but you're and thinking- just watch from above? You're thinking of a worst-case scenario when a game is sold out or near sold out where that happens. But Normal games, that doesn't happen. But but anyway, this has happened. That happened more than once. It's like the whole thing with like parking and spending, you know, thirty minutes looking for the best spot where you could have just parked in the back and walked up and saved all that time. Hey, hey, hey. I went to Cal State Northridge. You had to fight for parking. Essay. Anyway, whoa. It <laughs> had the essay, huh? <laughs> well, it's Northridge. Ugh. Talk about Moneyball. Okay. Which I'm surprised you love so much because it's basically the nerd's nerd baseball movie. Excuse me? You're surprised Num- that I loved it? It's a lot about numbers and like friggin' sabermetrics and statistics and Just stuff. Just because I didn't understand the calculus equation doesn't mean that I didn't understand Brad Pitt. 
It also means that I did not understand how baseball is generally played and how it's more important to get on base than Bra- it is Brad's, how you get on Brad's, base. Brad Pitt's smile plus his boyish good looks equals... Brad Pitt, you will always have a smile mo- in my heart. Moist in the pants. <laughs> Gross. That's the math that you understood. No. Uh, but I actually... You know what's funny about math for me? I'm not good at it. Let's not talk about no, no, you I'm, and math. Let's to talk about the movie. We are. I'm bringing it to this. you got to let me finish the sentence. I've been waiting for 10 minutes to get to it. Oh my god! Go ahead. Though I might not be particularly good at math, I enjoy the fact that it has finite solutions and answers and that it can, if you're good at it, you can use it to yield so much information. So though I'm not personally good at it, I appreciate its qualities. And with regards to Moneyball... I knew that the obviously the calculus was beyond my far beyond my comprehension, but the movie makers also knew that it was far beyond their audience's comprehension. It was a little bit like Goodwill Hunting, so they hint around that like this is all mathematical genius territory, and you know this is kind of what we're doing. But they don't really get in the nitty gritty of it with you as an audience member. They don't expect you to be able to follow along Jonah Hill's you know mathematical equation, but they do explain the basics. That it's, first of all, it's better. To get on base, period, the end. Whether you're walked or whether you hit a home run or whether you hit a single or double or triple. Just get on base. Whereas, obviously, prior to around 2001-2002, in real life, as is in the movie, they were, uh, scouters were much more focused on, oh, well, who can hit a grand slam, you know, who's great at um, stealing and stuff like that, as opposed to who can just get on base, period, the end. Who's sexy. Eric Karros is sexy. He was sexy then and he is now. That yep. wasn't a question. Yeah, well, it is now. Okay. So forget the math for me. I'm surprised that you think that I wouldn't like it just based on the fact that it's based on a mathematical formula. It's based on a book, actually. Well, that, but... Called Moneyball. And you read the book, yes. I did. I didn't remember much about it. I think it came out in 2003. hmm So that's eight years ago. But I, I do remember knowing that the book was very based in realism and... and definitely a non-fiction book rather than a book that you read and you're like that would make a great movie so was the book dry it's definitely dry um it, michael lewis the guy who wrote um the book the blind side was based on yeah um he's a good writer he's a good writer but yeah um was more men the blind side oh moneyball is much better than blind side much guys. better much much better yeah um but no, I was really pleasantly surprised with how good the movie was. Did you think it wouldn't be? I didn't think it wouldn't be. But, again, reading the book, I was just like, hmm, I'm, I'll be interested to see how they pull this off as a movie. Um, but they they built Billy Bean, who's the main character, and kind of did a uh, parallel thing with his his major league career and him growing up and him getting into baseball with what was actually happening with the athletics around 2002 and stuff. When they went into Billy Bean's uh, past as far as him seeming to be an extremely promising player and then it panned out to not be that way. But thematically it worked the way they did it. Do you know know who who I thought of? Billy Ashley. Dodger player circa 1999-ish. Don't, don't know. Okay. Uh, similar, like everybody brought up Billy Ash, like he was going to be this next great hitter for the Dodgers. He was going to be this next, you know, great player. 
And he just, he panned out to nothing. We kept him in the system for like three years and then traded him a few places and then he vanished. I don't think he's the GM for any team right now, though. I don't think Billy Ashley got picked up. Anyway. It happens a lot, man. I had a baseball nerd moment. Sorry. It happens a lot. Okay. Cool. But, again, it made for a great movie. Like I said, his paralleling his story with what he was going, what was going down as the GM of the athletics, it worked. It worked. And it made for, uh... I don't know. I was kind of, even though it was more of like a drama comedy, I almost felt like it was a thriller. Like I was on the edge of my seat. Like, how are they going to pull this off? Me too. And even though I knew the end, I mean, obviously I'd read the book, so I, I kind of knew everything that was going on. And I was like, wow, it's like I didn't even read the book. You know what I kept having emotional flashbacks to? Even though a lot of it was not the same at all. <laughs> no, flash- this is about the movie. Flashbacks. This is about the movie. Okay. Jerry Maguire. Okay. Another sports movie that's very talky and a, and a lot about heart and the human condition. And... See, I... I, I just This did. movie's way more talky than Jerry Maguire. And also, a thing that I really um, appreciated about Moneyball, no, like, like uh, trying to shoehorn a romance or anything into No, the, I the agree movie. with you. I appreciated that. It was basically about dudes... Talking about baseball. You know, there was... And not really a romance, though. But there was a relationship, and that was between Brad Pitt's character, Billy Bean, and his daughter. Yes. But that was not a romance. No, I just said a relationship. Um, Who, by the way, sings Lenka's The Show over and over and over again. And I'm like, that's how it didn't come out then. And everybody... Like, Justin... And by everybody, I really mean Justin. He was like, nobody cares. What are you talking about? <laughs> I'm not kidding. Can I just tell you? I was so thrilled. I got to work either yesterday or today, and all the guys near where my desk is were talking about Moneyball. And one of the guys who sits closest to me goes, you know that one song that the girl sings over and over again was from 2008? And I was like, I know. (laughs) got really excited about it that somebody else knew that. Yeah. Huge controversy there. (laughs) Almost made me hate the movie. I almost stood up and be like, this is a Lenka song from 2008. <laughs> this is not, this was not around in 2000. Did someone go in a time machine <laughs> and take this kid to a Lenka concert in 2008 and then take her back? I was just so did, happy that I wasn't the only one who noticed that. Did they kidnap Lenka in a telephone booth circa Bill and Ted? <laughs> take her back. Um... No, um, <laughs> they used that song because it had, uh, uh, it meant something. The, yeah, the lyrics really work out, too. Um, let's talk about Brad Pitt. Shall we? Because <laughs> in Moneyball, Brad's getting older. How, he is. He's getting in his 40s. He, in this movie, is what I would call, um... Robert Red Redfordian, <gasps> Robert Redfordian, good one. He started to look Robert Redfordian. Oh my god! In the right. face, um, which was funny because they did a movie. Wow, it must have been ten years ago when they were together. And it's like they like tagged in, like they 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 went <laughs> <laughs> like two ships passing the night, high fiving each other as they go. Exactly. 
Um, but Robert Redford's not going in the opposite direction. I know that would be, it would have totally made sense if Robert Redford was like, a t- like getting Benjamin Button in the thirties. In the thirties, where he sucked the life oh, force man. out of uh, Brad Pitt. I didn't realize how cute Robert Redford was, by the way, until I saw that Twilight Zone episode with him in it, and I went, "Oh my god, he used to be really hot." Yeah. And you finally saw Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid a couple months ago. But I completely agree with you that Brad Pitt is following that trajectory. Yeah. But this movie is basically like in Brad Pitt's wheelhouse. wheelhouse. Oh, completely. And, but saying that, he did a fantastic job. Phenomenal. Um, I can't imagine anyone else in the role. And that's always telling, I feel. Because it's not just about, like, you can take a part of an actor's performance and go, like, oh, he really convinced me, or, yeah, you know, he was, he was really strong in his character, or, or whatever, you know, whatever appeals to you. I can't imagine, I'm sorry, I'm gesticulating a lot. Yeah, but don't keep hitting the bed. I'm sorry. Yeah, we record this in bed, by the way. Hey! Hot, hot toddies. No, we record it. professionals. <laughs> because if we don't, we'll be in a room with lots of solid surfaces, and the sound would just bounce off of it. Yes, every other room but our bedroom has very solid surfaces. In here, it's like a padded cell. So anyway. It's true. Um, but I think it's telling when you can't imagine another actor in the role. And that's me for Brad Pitt. And also, to be fair, I feel the same way about uh, Jonah Hill on this. Really? Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. Who could have done the role justice because he was very nuanced. I think that Jonah Hill kind of gets a bad rap for being, you know, such a, a great comic actor that he doesn't get to try out as many dramatic roles. And But the few that he's had, he's done really great in. I mean, he was great in Cyrus. Love him in Cyrus. Right. And he's great in this. He he was great in this. I pre- Yeah. <sighs> Underrated. In that milieu. And and when comparing him to Brad Pitt, I don't know how much Brad Pitt talked to Billy Bean before he actually did the movie, but Jonah Hill, his character in the movie is based on, like, a couple different people in real life. Yeah, it's composite. So he's, like, an amalgamation character. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he He's, is. like, the trapper keeper from uh, South Park. Like, it just all come together. Well, it's kind of interesting, because if you think about it, then he is one of the only people in this whole film that isn't based on one person. Everybody else is playing somebody who exists in real life. Mm-hmm. That's got to be both um, freeing and also uh, stressful, I would imagine, as the actor attacking that role. Exactly. Must have been stressful. So stressful that he lost a bunch of weight afterwards. He looks really great, though. I have to say, I have to say, I met him in real life. Mm-hmm. And I expected him to be a total douchebag. Jonah mm-hmm. Hill, if you are ever listening to this, I don't know just, if you ever were a douchebag or not. I just know only what I heard. That being said, when I met you, you were a total mensch. Jonah Hill, if you're ever listening to this, why do you have so much free time that you have to listen to this? <laughs> That's true, too. No, he was really good. He was probably one of my favorite things about the movie because um, he would be the, probably the character that I would uh, associate with myself more with because <laughs> it's always been my dream as a as a lover of fantasy sports if it's always been my dream to a either work for pardon the inter- interruption the show great show or b 
work on um, the staff of a professional, either basketball team, baseball team, or football team. Why didn't you ever pursue that? I mean, for real. Because I didn't go to professional sports team school. Doesn't matter. You could still do it. But you know, my when I was in college, my dad kept pushing me, pushing me to apply to the Dodgers and other uh, sports entities because he was like, you know, journalism and you're you're going to be a hot girl. They'll give you a job. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, dad. Well, see, no one gave me, you know, <laughs> words you, of wisdom like but that. But you have journalism. You know, Justin, you're, you're going to be a journalist. And you're a hot girl, so you should go far in the in profe- sports, in professional sports. <laughs> and I actually thought about it, but you, you are handsome, which is important. You're tall, which is very important in sports. Mm-hmm. Not only that, but you have the experience, and you also have the educational background. I don't know why. Experience this is in the what? First time we're talking about this. Experience about what? In TV and in writing. Okay. I don't know why you haven't pursued this before, and I don't know why this is the first time we're having this conversation. What are you talking about? But you going into possible, like, sports. Not to play. Uh-huh. <laughs> to either report on or um, serve on some sort of PR team for. Definitely. Well, Carolina Panthers, Charlotte Bobcats. Expect Justin Winter's call. My phone. Expect my call. Yeah, you're going to call no, them first. I'm expecting their call right now. You actually have your phone out. You should be calling them. <laughs> Just so you know. No, but I'm really obsessive about numbers and statistics, so, like, the whole uh, part of the movie where, like, Joan is just, like, staring at screens of numbers, like, it's the Matrix, I was like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it looks awesome. So, that being said, do you, buy, do you buy into the philosophy of Moneyball? Of course. And, and anyone who doesn't buy into the philosophy after... Seeing or reading the book, seeing the movie, seeing how it's affected not only baseball, but football, you know. Are they using that same philosophy in other sports? Because although I follow baseball, I don't really follow other sports. You don't? I like basketball and I catch it when I can and I obviously understand how the game works and Lakers are my team, but I don't get into it as much as I get into baseball. Mm-hmm. Baseball's my number one. Basketball's kind of like my number two. Everything else is a distant third. Well, I mean, the general philosophy of, you know, you can get good players if you look for them, and they don't always have to be expensive players. Right. So, that was the basic basic philosophy. You know, look at the numbers, see if you can get similar skilled players for a lesser price, and do it that way. But that's just it. They weren't necessarily similarly skilled. They really weren't. They weren't, you know, hitting grand slams or they weren't batting 400. These were players that if you put the three of them together, added up. That's true. Yeah. To the package. Yeah. But three of them that On still... On their own, they did not. And also that you have to instill confidence in, in, in your players. And one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie of Moneyball is when... Um, Billy Bean's character has been trying to uh, get the uh, the ma- the manager of the team played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, mm-hmm. who's awesome always. Great, he's always so different too. Um, to he was trying to get uh, the manager character to put in um, this guy named uh, Hatterberg. Scott Hatterberg was the name of the player at first base, even though <laughs> he was actually a catcher and he was trying to convert him to first base. 
Um, but he was injured. Huh? He was injured. What, who was injured? Scott Hatterberg. Hattie. Not earlier he had been injured. Yes, but that's why he couldn't continue being a catcher, at least not professionally. Nobody was calling him. Okay, well, that has no semblance to discussion right now. Go but, ahead. So, um, Felicity Warhoffen wasn't putting in Hatterberg, so Billy Bean decides to start trading players. <laughs> so, the, the manager has no choice. And just that whole sequence of him, like, trying to put, trade players and, like, people... Him fielding calls with managers while um, Joan Hill's character's in the room and, like, giving him pointers and stuff. I was just like, this is so good. That reminded me of Jerry Maguire. Right there. It was great. Um, I completely agree with you on that. That whole sequence is is great. And then the other sequence that I like um, has two of my favorite player actors that's in the movie. First, Chris Pratt, who plays Scott Hatterberg, is really really good in this so good and i love him in parks and recreation so i was just like oh man he's so good in this he plays like the he's like a puppy dog he's like the guy that you want like oh man he's got he's got heart he's got heart the whole first scene where um brad pitt's character comes to scott hederberg's house which didn't happen in real life he called him that's great and then (laughs) (laughs) what that's great. Move on. <laughs> it was touching. Uh-huh. I, I felt for his story. I'm sure you did. And then in the middle of the movie, um, uh, the guy that plays David Justice, who I don't know the actor's name, but he did very he well. He was great. There's a scene where uh, Billy Bean goes and David Justice is taking batting practice. And Billy Bean has to give him the, the speech of saying, you know, I know you're old. But you still have skills, but the main skill that I want you to instill in this team is to be a leader for the other players. And just their back and forth trying to get at this is really good. And then directly after that, the next scene is is like in the... I, it reminded me of your um, your break room at your work. Because they had all like the... Which work? Huh? Which work? Late show. Okay. They had all like the coffee cups. Anyway, David Justice is like having some coffee in the break room. He's, he's like sipping his coffee. And uh, Chris Pratt, Scott Hatterberg, uh, comes in, and like David Justice, t- kind of like he has like a heart to heart conversation. It's like, what's the thing that scares you most? And uh, Hatterberg or Chris Pratt says, "A ball coming in my general direction." <laughs> yes. And there's like there's like an awkward like pause, and and just like just, uh, David Justice character is like, uh, really, really, what is it? And he's like. No, no, really. no, no, really. A general ball coming in my general direction. I love that. I love that scene. That was a phenomenal scene and a great line, by the way. Anyway, um, what else? Oh, I had a point and I lost it. You had a point. I did. And you lost it. I know. Mm-hmm. All right. We talked about the composite of Jen Hill's character. We talked about the philosophy of Moneyball. We talked about. Brad Pitt a little bit, the daughter. Let me ask you this. Yes. Brad Pitt in the semblance of today's actors slash superstars. Yeah. Is he like top three with you? Is there someone? What scale is this? (laughs) Superstars. Oh, okay. There's only like a handful of superstars (laughs) talking about males. Uh Uh-huh. We got like Leo, of course. We got oh, Clooney. Yeah, we got Brad Pitt. 
Do you think he's on that same level with all of them? Of course I do. Yeah. Okay. Do you think that, that how much of it has to do with the fact that he's pretty much in every single trade magazine, Us Weekly, that you see in the grocery store on the stands because of this mm. thing with Jen Aniston? Honestly? Yeah. I don't know. Because I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that he's just extraordinarily good looking. That is true. I really, really do. No matter how old he gets. Like, it, it's just one of those things where if he were not as good looking, he wouldn't be... First of all, he wouldn't be in the tabloids so much. Second of all, even if he were in the tabloids, nobody would care as much because they'd be like, oh yeah, Mark Wahlberg again. Like, oh yeah, he's got a good, he's got a good chest. Like, Wait, are you saying Mark on. Wahlberg's not extremely good looking? <laughs> not as good looking as Brad Pitt. Hmm... Mark so, Wahlberg can so only go so far in the tabloids. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh, no. Now you're knocking <laughs> Mark Wahlberg again. I'm sorry. The guy who does Entourage gets little love from me. Oh. I hate the show. Anyway, um, <laughs> so wait, so you're saying if... We've had this discussion before. If Brad Pitt was an underbridge troll, <laughs> he, wasn't, he wouldn't be as big of a movie superstar? Oh, no, I'm not. I'm saying he'd be a huge star. Of course, that's what I'm saying. I just, I, I often wonder, I'm like, how much of this has been played into by him, by Jennifer Aniston? Because they obviously made the choices to A, get married, B, get divorced, C, her never remarry, and D, him remarried and have like 7,000 children. With the crazy but beautiful Angelina Jolie. Yes. Well, so obviously they knew before they made these decisions. They're like, okay, if I make this decision, will my life be totally changed and be like tabloid gossip from now till forever? The answer to your original question can be found in in Jennifer Aniston's trajectory. Mm-hmm. She hasn't been offered any sort of amazing Oscar-winning role since splitting from Brad. I'm sorry, her last movie was Just Go With It. No, it wasn't. It was Horrible Bosses. Okay. That wasn't bad. Let's pretend that didn't happen, because that was a hiccup of goodness. Mm-hmm. In general, she gets these movies like Along Came Polly that nobody sees or really cares about. I'm sorry I'm hitting the bed again. Um, but she's obviously good looking, and she's she's in the tabloids even more than he is. So you're upset that she hasn't been um, offered Oscar-winning roles? No, but you asked me. They're like, I wonder how much of Brad Pitt's success is chalked up to the fact that he's constantly in the tabloids. I wonder how bo- how much of both of their success is is due to them being in a relationship and then breaking up so spectacularly that she is all always seen as the you know put upon like the victim, the victim. And, That's just and, it, though. She, they didn't break up spectacularly. They kind of announced, we're going to split. They had one last wonderful weekend together. No, 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 no. no. That's not how it happened. He went and made Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Angelina Jolie. Right, they were still together. They were hooking up. I know. But at the time, That's she didn't I, know for sure. She didn't know for sure, and she kept asking him, and he was like, no. And then, they, no, no, I swear to God. Are you I, there? No, I read it. in the room? At the time, she didn't know for sure. She suspected. See, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Because <laughs> you don't know them, but you know exactly 100% what went down. Yes, because she was on Oprah like a year or two later. And she was like, at the time, no, I didn't know for sure. But now they've come out and said it happened. So now I guess I do. I know. And this is all common knowledge. Because, again, she was on Oprah. 
And she's in every tabloid. I love Jennifer Aniston. Of course. Every woman does. Why, though? Because of what happened to her. No, I watch Friends. I'm like, I want to be her. <laughs> it's all built. It's all building blocks for what their career has become. Don't you want to be Brad Pitt? You were just looking at Us Weekly, and they were both on the cover this week. They No, it was like a week ago, but yes. Every single one of those magazines, they should, like... Mail weekly checks of gratitude to both Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt <laughs> because without them, so many stories. Oh my gosh! I don't know what I would do if I met either one of them. I think I'd fall apart. I was she was behind me at Ralph's at one time. I told you about that, right? Yeah. I was like, what? And you know why else people are mesmerized by them? They went so well together, at least seemingly. They were both incredibly good looking. You know, they and both like to smoke pot. That too. They both. They were your friends. Good looking. They were your friends. You wanted them to be anyway. Interesting. Back to Moneyball. But yeah, I just like that whole. I, I just, I'm like, wow. I can't even imagine um, being in a tabloid every single week. I can't imagine you for the being past in a tabloid for years. one week. Huh? I think that you would hate it after one week. I don't think you could do it for a week. Why? Because you're a very private person. <laughs> I know. I'm a very private person who likes to talk about myself in a freaking podcast. Yeah, that's different, though. You know we have five listeners. I'm talking about, like, if you were on the cover of Us Weekly, and I don't, like, And I don't do this podcast to listen to myself speak. I do this podcast because you're part of it. I get to watch movies, and that's pretty much it. Aww. At least I think. Aww. <laughs> okay, back to the movie. Back to Moneyballs. Oh, Lord help me, because I know what that means we're going into next. So, is there anything you didn't like about Moneyball? Honestly, I can't th- I can't really think of anything. I wish that I had read the book, and I, I want to read the book now. I know you said it, it's a lot drier than the movie that we saw, and the movie was, a lot of the parts were um, developed more for the theatrics than, you know, what yeah, really happened. I don't think you would enjoy the book. Really? So, to Matthew? It's 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 just too dry for you. All right. It's not a young adult novel. What's your problem? <laughs> what is your problem? I don't have a problem. Why can't be such a prick? I'm not a prick. I was just kidding around with you. Okay. You still have the Harry Potter series to read. I don't think you like this book because it has words in it. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Because you like picture books. I'm just kidding. I like, anyway. I like picture books. Anyway. Thanks for softening the blow. I didn't say that. I love when you like do like my voice and then you you indict me for something that you said in my voice. Anyway, can I just tell you what? Because we talk about favorite scenes a lot. What was your favorite scene in Moneyball? One of my favorite scenes, because I had a few, but one of them in particular wasn't even one that really particularly included Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Philip Seymour Hoffman, or any of the main quote unquote characters. It was a, not even a recreation, but a rebroadcast of the actual 2002 game that was the 20th tie-breaking um, win because the Oakland A's were on a series of wins. They'd run, you know, first five in a row, then it was six, seven, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And nobody really thought they would get to 20, but that was the record. And they were like, if they get to 20, they tie and break the record, period, the end. And they went from being um, 11 to 1 to totally, I almost said the F word, but screwing up their 10-point lead. Mm-hmm. 
in what was like a couple innings. I found it interesting that they didn't actually talk about any of like the pitchers who gave away so many runs. They didn't show, you know, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's character, you know, calling in the bullpen and like getting new pitchers to warm up. Because usually when this happens in baseball, it's, it's the blame falls squarely on the pitcher's shoulders for letting so many runs go. Mm-hmm. And they didn't really touch upon that at all. Well, they only, like, I mean, they only really, number one, but it's still for, for a baseball movie, there's not a lot of baseball right. footage in it. Very talky. Number two, they only, like, in terms of the players they featured, there was only, like, a handful of players that they prominently featured. They had, like, Hatterberg, David Justice, they had Chad Bradford, who was the weird, like, side, the relief pitcher that threw the oh, side. Oh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they had, uh, whatchamacallit? Con- uh, they had the brother. With the brother that likes hookers and dancing. <laughs> anyway. In Vegas. Exactly. Yeah. What was your point? Uh, what was my point? <laughs> I was talking about how they didn't really show how they lost that 10-point lead. Well, they also didn't. Uh, this is not a baseball movie where the, the last scene is the team winning the whole thing and like everybody no. riding off everybody's shoulders. Like it's kind of got like a, a more downer type ending to it. True. But when that scene came up, we were, in, we, we were in a producer screening by the way, which is like chock full of people. And when, um, Hatterberg as came opposed up, to other screenings where it's not chock full. It's not like a movie theater where it's, you know, one or the other, but, um, chock full of robots. <laughs> Chuck full of <laughs> Chuck full of four year old children. Oh Jesus. That happened to me in the Green Mile. But anyway, um of all movies. The Green Mile. Right? <laughs> Kim and I were like and at Saving Private Ryan, we were like, who brings their baby to Saving Private Ryan? Well sometimes they have the screens where they the moms bring their little kids. Yeah, it's like 11 the babies. It's eleven AM, you can do that. That must be a fun it's screen. an AMC thing. Anyway. So Regardless, the scene comes up where, you know, Scotty gets pulled up to bat and he just nails it out of the park. And, he, and like, he has that moment where then they juxtapose this against old footage uh, that, like, you know, he doesn't even know, you know, anyway. But he goes all the way around. And I yelled. You looked at me. I was in the scene. I was like, yeah! With my fist up in the air. I was like, what's his face at the Democratic Convention a few years back? How, Howard, Howard Dean. Howard Dean? I was totally, I had a Howard Dean moment in the middle of the screening. <laughs> Luckily, after that, everybody was like, yay, and they clapped, so I wasn't totally alone mm-hmm. in my Dean moment. But you didn't you didn't jump up and go, yeah, because you knew what was going to happen? Why well, I let you do the c- celebration for both of us. <laughs> I was more thinking, whoa, she really just did that. But did you, you knew how it was going to turn out, I assume. Yeah. Okay, so that's why you didn't do it. I couldn't remember what happened in 2002, so I was like, yeah! I got really happy. It was a great moment. It was a great, great moment. Wow. So what would be your final grade for Moneyball? A. Yes. I gotta give it an A. Gotta give it an A. I agree. Alright, cool. It's definitely one of the best movies of the year. Yes. Um, that doesn't include Ryan Gosling. Because every other great movie of the summer includes Ryan Gosling. 
Well, those are two of my favorites, and I saw them directly after each other. You so. mean Drive in this? Because he's done two others, so that's why I'm like, you mean Drive. Well, I doubt I will like the other one as much as Drive. Can't, what? Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, so good. Oh, so good. And also Ides so. of March. Oh, so You don't good. think you like Ides of, of March as much? I haven't seen Ides of March. Well, I know. I'm just asking you to predict. I'm talking about stuff I've seen already. Okay, then. Let's move on. Did to you go to the future already and see it? It did. Did you bring back Linka with you? I'm just a little bit lost in the middle. Go see it anyway. It's, it's a great movie too. I, I mean, I love watching sports movies at the, in the theater anyway. Because people get excited and they go, yeah! But my favorite, it, Moneyball is <laughs> definitely probably my top five of uh, favorite baseball movies now. Yeah, you have five favorite baseball movies? I mean, I have several, but if I had to pick five, I would have in no order because it would take too long to order them. Moneyball, um, Bull Durham, Major League, Field of Dreams, The Natural. No Angels in the Outfield? Robert Redford. (laughs) No, Angels in the Outfield is down lower with like Rookie of the Year and... I like Rookie uh, of the Year. (laughs) I feel better Funky now. butt loving. I feel better now because I haven't seen any of the other movies you mentioned. You've seen Field of Dreams. You keep telling me that, and yet I no, th- I don't, don't keep telling you anything. It. I asked, "Have you seen Field of Dreams?" And you're like, "I think." I was like younger, like little, and I was like, "What do you remember?" And you're like, "It was a field of corn, and this yeah. kid like choked on like a, a hot, hot dog." dog. And you, like, gave me all these things. I'm like, okay, obviously you've seen... Oh, no, I said there was a field, the, the kid choking on a hot dog, and the guy's like, if you build it, they will come. That's Any- it. <laughs> That's all I know. Anyway, but you've seen it. Does it... Does it really matter if my eyes were open or shut if that's all I can remember? I just imagine you watching the the whole field of dreams with your eyes shut, like, this is a great movie. <laughs> I, I, is this one of those pictures with the the actual pictures? What? No. This is not a sound experience. But the point I'm trying to make is that like you you place such importance of, like, I think you've seen it when I literally, and you could tell, know nothing of the plot. Well, that's the thing. You could have watched it last weekend, and I doubt you, you could be like, I can't remember much. I, Which is why we should do it again. Okay, what's on the list? All right, cool. Maybe we should have watched it instead of the next movie. You think? You know what? What? No, we shouldn't have. We should have watched this one because it was meant to be watched. Oh my god, why? Orgasmo. I never even heard of this movie. That's what makes it great. You didn't even know. You were like, Orgasmo. You looked at me for a reaction. I was like, I have no idea what this is. And you were like, what? I was like, no, for All real. Right. No more impressions of me that suck. <laughs> Only good impressions. <laughs> Orgasmo was released in 1997. Oh. I was in high school. Um, no wonder you loved it. <laughs> Well, um, it comes from the guys that do uh, South Park, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, and the Book of Mormon, and the Book of Mormon. Orgasmo was the pre-Book of Mormon, Book of Mormon. I agree with you. I completely agree on that account. Um, it was also known for being, I guess, NC seventeen when it was first released. Yes. Even though, and you can back me up on this because you've seen it for a movie about porn. Very little nudity. Absolutely. I mean, a lot. Not even. I think I saw two pairs of breasts, and that was. And it was. It wasn't like 
breasts for like miles. It was like, oh, there's some breasts. Oh, now they're gone. Yeah, it was like boobies. There you it's go. Mo- <laughs> the NC-17, I guess, is mainly about the ideas that if that are the thematic pers- content exactly of by the way we're making porn oh and ron jeremy is in it ron jeremy one of the most unselling oh god he's unsexy not only is he unsexy he's just ugh. i don't understand how this man was ever a porn star or even As someone porn. who's who has met and spoken with him it's just gross he's, he's a guido he's an just, aged guido he's just not cool how did he get in porn? I don't understand. I saw him with the shirt off and I nearly vomited. Well, he has a very large penis. Does he? Yes. Oh, okay. He used to be skinnier and he used to be... Was he hair- less hairy as well? I think he's always been hairy. Gross. But back in the days, like the 70s, when he first came out, I guess that wasn't as much of an issue. Word to the wise single men of this podcast, or even married men if you are clueless, less is more. Let me repeat that. Less is more. Chest hair, not sexy. Back hair, really unsexy. Down there hair, eh, you could do without it. Yes. Just so you know. Chrissy prefers her men to be um, pretty much like a four-year-old. That's not true. And not those really hairy four-year-olds with, like, the chest hair. <laughs> Talk about the four-year-old with no hair anyway. Don't make me have to be lascivious. Like like the guy from the movie Powder, pretty much. I but- am not lewd. No. <laughs> but I'm sorry, have you ever seen, like, I don't know, a Playgirl model or one of those stupid calendars that they sell at the mall models where, you know, it's like guys who are considered beefcake-y? Mm-hmm. Are they hairy? No. Sometimes. They're hairless and oiled. <laughs> hairless and oiled. Yep. All of them. Is there a hair on Ryan Gosling's chest? No, there is not. That's uh, a sign. I bet you when he's not in a movie, he grows his chest hair. I bet you he does not. Because he's the kind of guy that doesn't really care. Was there a, a hair on Brad Pitt's body back in the day? Uh-uh. Were you there? I saw it. Is this when you were friends with them and you learned the whole story? Nope. I just saw it. So what do you think about Orgasmo, Chrissy? It had its moments, but it was way too long. You mean 88 minutes? It was way too long. 88 <laughs> minutes, you guys. Why was it way too long? Oh, Jesus. Like, it just kind of got to a point where... What is it about for... Just the just the plot. Don't okay. don't go no, don't I'll, go from beginning scene can, to I'll, end scene. I'll do it in five sentences or less. Okay. How about go in thirty seconds or less? All right. Go. Two Mormon kids happen upon a a porn house. Kid, they're not kids. They're grown adult men. Fine, but I call them kids. <laughs> just from what it's going to go to now, you be Turns like out that one of them, two kids. What you need to start my clock over. All right, go. All right, two. Mormon adults are going door to door and they find a, a house where porn is being filmed and the security guards try to fend off the first guy but he's really good at like kung fu and the director's like you know what you should be our orgasmo who's like this porn crime fighting champion so he decides to he's going to take on you this character what? meanwhile I- no they're filming the movie and then he goes for sushi at this place and the guy's like I'm going to lose my place and they're like Okay, let's help you so you don't lose your place. And then we forget about him for a really long time. And then he has trouble with the idea of doing any sort of porn, even though he's going to have, like, a cock blocker or whoever come in and do the actual, like, 
uh-uh scene so he doesn't have to. And then <laughs> his girlfriend is like, oh no, we're Mormon and you're, we're getting married in the t- temple, but guess what? You're doing porn and ah! And then they're like, oh, guess what? Bashir's, I'm back and I stole my sushi place, but now these thugs want to take it away from me. You're going and way he's past like, guess what? Seconds. I'm going to crime fight in real life instead of porn. I'm going to help you so you keep your sushi place, Mr. Miyagi. No, like Leonard Malton <laughs> has those blurb review books with like all the blurbs and stuff and like stars. <laughs> yes. There's going to be one. I think he should write one and instead of like the blurb where he just like sums up the plot, you pretty much recreate the whole plot in one really long run on sentence. Because you, can, you, you, can't, you can't do it. Like most people would be like, it's about this guy who's a Mormon who takes a job as a porn actor to raise money for his Mormon wedding or whatever. Just like that. Just like, sum it up real quick. No, you have to go through the entire plot, scene by scene, recreating, like, voices. And I'm like, what? What are you talking about? First of all, I knew you were giving me a proper 30 seconds, so I was like, I'm going to try to get as much as I can in 30 seconds. You went, like, a minute 30, and you, you only got not. halfway through the you movie. You didn't even time me. I, have a, I was clocking you right No, you there. didn't. You looked at the beginning, and then you put it down, and you didn't look again. I don't need to. <laughs> See? Uh-uh. Not fair. <laughs> Not fair. I'm just remarking about the fact that you can't summarize things without, like... Second of all, I would also like to see my summation in Leonard Malton's book because it would be hilarious. Because I'm hilarious, guys. <laughs> no, but come on. It would be. Rewind what I just said and play it back now. Imagine it as one run. That's the thing. The only way I can actually understand it is to rewind it and then do it, like, in slow motion because you're going so fast. Because you're telling me you have a time limit. <laughs> Well, that's why you summarize more succinctly instead of going through the whole... talking fast. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's what this movie's I, about. I don't love Orgasmo, and I don't hate it. I'm kind of in the middle. Take the O and I I'm, I'm more fascinated by the fact that it, it exists, because I think it was originally supposed to be a musical, but they couldn't... They should have made it a musical. Well, because their first movie was called Cannibal the Musical... And it's really, really good. But anyway, I think they originally wanted to make this as a musical, and then they couldn't find the funding <laughs> to make it a musical, so they just went with what they as did. As a straight show. But. But. I think it's funny in its own right. I don't think they needed the whole subplot of having the sushi restaurant owner having his place taken away. Like, I would forget that was happening, and then sometimes, like, 20 minutes in, into, you know, a whole bunch of scenes, they'd be like... By the way, this is happening simultaneously, and some thugs would be trying to take over the shop and be like, you sign these papers, and we're going to take over your shop so we can have the space for a club. Well, I like it just watching it last night because we went to a karaoke birthday party. <laughs> they got shut down. and We didn't get shut down. We got kicked out, more or less. Well, here's the thing. We were definitely the oldest people there. Yes, we were. But <laughs> I like to analyze situations right when I get into them. And the first thing I noticed when I walked in was like, okay, if you're going to be all like, let's try not to to give away the fact that we're bringing in alcohol into a, you know, a karaoke Karyo establishment studio. when you're not supposed to bring alcohol, don't bring red cups. Because red cups are like the universal symbol for... We're drinking. Hey, hey there's some young people drinking around here. <laughs> and there's just red cups everywhere. That's true. And then I was like, okay, just put away the red cups. Just buy the cups that they have there at the karaoke establishment. And just keep refilling the same cup. 
No, people don't listen to I me. I know. I did that once. I went to a bar and where it's like a beer bar, and I didn't have enough money to keep buying beer. A beer bar? Yeah. Like beers on tap. That's all it does. <laughs> anyway, I didn't have enough money to keep buying beer, so I brought Heineken's in my purse. So you brought breasts, and you're a girl, so you don't have to pay for anything. No, no. Well, of course. This was only like two months ago. I'm married. They say it right. So I brought Heineken's in my purse, and I brought one beer. And then when the beer was like almost done in my lap, I kept like breaking open Heineken's and like refilling my glass and putting it back up. But the point is, how you roll? Before we got kicked out, <laughs> the the um, was he Korean, Japanese, Korean. He came in and he like gave a long speech where he's like, "You guys shit on me. You shit on me. You shit on me." No, he didn't say you shit on me. He no, was he like, definitely You made said- me look like shit. <laughs> That's what he said. Maybe that's why I wanted to watch our guest Bible because he reminded me of G Fresh, the, he was like, the sushi hey, guy. What's wrong with you? And I and I told you you I, can't bring us an alcohol, and I told you, and you said no. He wasn't and drunk, you, and, you, and you made me look like shit. But he wasn't great with English. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I felt for him because obviously don't don't bring in red cups, guys. Yeah. But number two, don't have like a. A mental breakdown. You and I were totally like the bad aunt and uncle at the party too, because we're on the sidelines, like adults going like we knew better than this, and like trying to like distance ourselves from the main action. And then at the same time, like the second they left, we were like, "What assholes! What total pricks! Let's leave." <laughs> oh man, we were bad. Okay, but um, I tore gasmo. Because we have to. Chrissy's favorite part in Orgasmo, for anyone who's ever seen the movie, um, was the introduction of uh, this old lady porn star <laughs> who's famous for doing a thing called the DVDA shot. I don't know why you think that's my favorite thing, because mainly I was just appalled the entire time. DVDA, kids, earmuffs, stands for double vaginal, double anal. <laughs> and Chrissy's jaw, like, dropped... Like three How feet to the ground. Huh? I've heard of double double P. I know what double P is. Uh huh. I double P double A. I know what that is. Quadruple. I asked you, and you never quite replied to me. Uh huh. Is that real? Um, I don't think. I mean, I I, I guess people can try. You, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I'm not. Uh, yeah, that's it's kind of gross to even think about. I I don't know how we would. How it could physiologically be possible? I don't. I know you need. I need a mathematical equation from Jonah Hill to tell me how it's possible to get double vaginal and double anal penetration. Get Scott Hatterberg in there. <laughs> I'm injured. He's pinch hitting. <laughs> Between that woman and the, the beast of a woman that's like, oh um, yeah, I'm gonna make you come. <laughs> Who, by the way, that wasn't her voice. That was actually Trey Parker doing her voice. And you could tell because it was just like the guy on South Park whenever it's like a fat character. Always. Oh, yeah. Yeah, always. I was like, I feel like I'm watching South Park right now, but in live action. But that's the that's the thing. Like I said, I don't hate this movie. I don't love it. But I really am, number one, fascinated by it. <laughs> number two, I like all like the subtle touches of, like I said, the DVDA woman. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> the really big woman. Um, the the guy named Choda Boy who is and Choda Boy who promised who promised his dad that he would never do hamster style anymore. 
I still don't understand that. <laughs> Second of all, can I ask you a question? Was Neil Patrick Harris busy that day that they decided to make this movie? What are you talking about? That kid was totally trying to be NPH. Called him Enchoda Boy. I'm like, no, oh, he wasn't. What was Neil Patrick Harris doing that he couldn't be here for this? That guy was in Cannibal the Musical and Basketball. They're like best friends. Never saw Basketball. Actor. You never saw Basketball? Nope. Yeah, that's another one that's just okay. Okay. Um, but I at least have heard of it. But, but yeah, I mean, yeah. a comedy <laughs> based about a guy who, you know... is Mormon and does a porn to make money. Exactly. And then does a sequel to make money and then tries to get out of it. But he's got his orgasmerator. And then Don't he, you wish you had one of those, by the way? I think it was ridiculous. It honked any time it, like, pointed itself at a person. It wasn't even like a, like a sexy... We are like, oh... Oh, like that's what it does. No, it was like, honk! (laughs) With the unsexiest sound in the world. So what you're saying, if he came at you and like pointed at you, you wouldn't even think about the the, the actual orgasm that you'd be getting. You'd be like, what was with the honking sound? (laughs) I would be like, that's really unsexy. Jeez. If I'm going to have an orgasm, at least provide... At least put me in the mood. With a sexier sound, like... Brad Pitt. Yes. Just stop there. Just Brad Pitt. <laughs> Ryan Gosling, you know. Oh my God, I think I'm going to die. Two at the same time? Clenching his abs. I'm going to die. Speaking of DVDA shots, <laughs> we got Ryan Gosling, Brad Pitt. Um, That's just double P. I'm okay with that. MPH and... No. Well, okay, maybe. This, so, is, this is now Kim's fantasy. Jonah Hill. No. No. <laughs> Take him out. Take him out. You, got, you were good with the first three. Come on. He's got skinny. He can he can slip in there. No, no. He's got a good handshake, but that's it. <laughs> you know what they can say about guys with the good handshakes. Good. He can jack off one of them while I have fun with the other two. What are you talking about? <laughs> you brought it up. Are you talking about porn? No. Do you know that I have a godfather that is in porn? By the way, I didn't know where this was going. We started <laughs> out with, did you know that I had a godfather who, I was like, this could be anything. I felt like in How I Met Your Mother, we were like, kids, da 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 explanation, and then you finish the sentence. I just had that moment. Kids, I know that I've had been having this conversation for seven <laughs> years with you, and I still haven't really... Clued you into the moment where I actually met your mother. But stay with me now. I used to have a godfather that was in porn. Oh my god, for real? Not in porn uh, in front of the camera, but porn behind the camera. Let me guess, your dad chose this godfather and not your mom. (laughs) When I I came out to California when I was six years old, I met him and he tried to make me eat some sardines. I love sardines, or I did. Oh, gross. But then fast forward like 10, 11 years later, I came out to Vegas and he introduced me to some porn stars. Yeehaw! Again, let me guess, dad's friend? <laughs> Am I right? He introduced me to, you remember um, Scotty Schwartz, the kid that stuck his tongue to the pole in uh, Christmas, Christmas Story? Story? Well, he ended up going into porn. I know that. Did you? Yeah. Anyway, I met him and he's about this tall. Like a midget? You could like put him in your pocket. He's so small. He's Polly Pocket? Yeah. Nice. Well, but I was like, I was like, good for him being Polly Pocket size and still going into <laughs> porn. Wow. Wow. I don't really have much else to say about this movie. What do you I think about badly. What do you think about porn, Chris? I'm okay with porn. I actually am. Most women are not. I know that. 
we live in the we live in the porn capital of the world in here the in, here in the valley. But to, and we're very close to Van Nuys. But to be fair, I feel like honestly, it's also a generational thing. I feel like there are a lot more women of my generation that are at least, if not like totally okay, semi comfortable with porn. Mm-hmm. Whereas women of my mom's generation and the generation that is in the gap between my mom and mine, mm-hmm. who are like, oh, it's degrading against women, and if your husband or boyfriend or fiance watches it. He shouldn't because, like, why isn't he just satisfied with you? Why does he need to watch that to be satisfied? And I'm like, uh, come on. Let's be real. Okay? You're not putting it out 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You're not. I'm not. You're not. So, let's be real. They have different needs than we do as a male species. I would rather... Don't you know what a DVDA shot is? uh, I would rather him watch that than, like, go down to Hollywood Boulevard and be like, Hey, Julia Roberts, what's up? Are you saying Julia Roberts is down on Hollywood? No. <laughs> awesome. I'm saying if you're going to pick one of the, you know, quote, end quote, evils, which I don't view it as, but some women do, fine. And also, I think women put themselves at a disadvantage when it comes to porn because they think it's just for men. Mm-hmm. It can be for you too, ladies. Oh, yeah, it can. No, it really can be. Oh, yeah, it can. It can teach you things that you didn't know how to do or you're not comfortable with. <laughs> I'm serious. And also, depending like on what... Gymnastics. Yes. Or, you know, technique. And also, depending on what you're into, like, who knows? I mean, I don't know what you're into, but if you know what you're into... Oh, we're just conversation. Find <laughs> something that yields, like, that Porn's good because, you know, it might be something that you're, you're, you're not <laughs> into, and but if you're into it... Okay, I'll give an example. No, don't, no, really, no, 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 don't give an example. No, really, it'll be really easy and really quick. Let's say you're into whipped cream. You like whipped cream a lot. You like to eat it. You like to wear it. You just really like whipped cream. But your husband or fiance or boyfriend, he hates whipped cream. He's like the Grinch of whipped cream. He's like, whipped cream sucks. I hate it. And I don't want you having it either. And you're like, no whipped cream. (laughs) (laughs) Find, ladies, find a porn that has whipped cream. And then you will be happy. Even though your significant other is like, no whipped cream. You're like, that's cool. On my own time. This is the dumbest story. If if your husband hates whipped cream and doesn't want you to buy it for you to eat it, you should find a porn with whipped cream in it. And then he'll like it. No, no, he. Yes, it's for you. I'm discounting the husband or boyfriend entirely at this point. I'm like, they don't like it. They don't have to be a part of it. What? But you could still have it. So basically, if your <laughs> husband doesn't like some kind of uh, sweet dessert that that you like, just find a porn with that sweet dessert in it, featured somehow. <laughs> it's about sweets, huh? I was trying to. I didn't want to like go be like, if you like DV PV, where's the M and M porn movie? <laughs> you know what's great? Those pretzel M and Ms. They're so fucking good. <laughs> Drop the F-bomb just for pretzel and M&M's. <laughs> I mean, everything we've talked about, yes. <laughs> so, if your husband doesn't like the pretzel M&M's, just find a porn with pretzel M&M's in it and make him watch it. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for some reason, I just thought when I used to work at a video store when I was in high school... And I always used to be mesmerized by the guy that would the guy that would go back in the porn room for like thirty minutes, 
and we had cameras so we could like watch oh, them and stuff oh, no. and they like look at like actually read all the back <laughs> of the boxes and I was like what are you reading for like what are you doing they have nuanced tastes Justin and so 30 minutes back there they come back with like seven <laughs> tapes like all seven porn films and I'm like oh, even as like a guy in high school I was like what are you what <laughs> you're doing it wrong Oh You're doing it wrong. Well, I'm saying that in my head, so I'm like nodding and being like, "Yeah, man, get your get your groove on, whatever." Wait a minute. You're what are you thinking? Like, why is it that if they get like seven tapes that they're doing it wrong? Why do they need seven tapes? <laughs> That's like 14 hours of porn footage. Maybe some tapes are like three hours long. <laughs> so I just imagine them just watching hour upon hour of porn footage. <laughs> For what? Two reasons. They're like, where's the whipped cream part? (laughs) My wife told me to watch this whipped cream porn, and it hasn't... No, two things. First of all, how do you know that they don't have very nuanced tastes? (laughs) And they're just looking for one snippet of it, and then the the one snippet is over, and they're like, that one's done. And then they need to find that same, like, payoff in the second one. Okay. Or, flip side of the coin, they're not really into porn, but they're doing a dissertation. They were porn. They weren't doing dissertations. <laughs> they were doing dissertations in their pants. <laughs> so anyway, that was awkward. But then they would like not bring them back, and I'd have to call <laughs> and be like, You're, "You know, <laughs> butt babes." Two thousand three is four days late. Bring it in, man. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I don't think I would say the name, but sometimes... Oh, I, would, I wish you did. You have uh, a film, an adult film that is four days overdue. And by the way, I love that even though you were like 15, 16, your dad made you make those calls as opposed to him making them himself. Huh? Or you didn't just provide him a list and be like, Dad, these movies are late. I'm shocked that he didn't make those calls himself. He was... Dear Mr. Preston. He was an absent owner. He would make me take those calls. You have Butt Babes 3, and it is overdue. You have 14 hours of porn <laughs> film at your house. Where are you hiding these things, and where do you find the time to watch all 14 Did hours? you ever have to, like, reorder them? Reorder them? Yeah, like, because somebody wouldn't bring them back, and so, like, you're calling Vivid Entertainment, and you're like, Hi! Can I, <laughs> can I get a new copy of Butt Babes 3? <laughs> They're like, son, where are you from? And you're like, North Carolina. I swear it's not for me. It's from a video store. Do you have, do you have that new whipped cream porn? I've heard it's really good for husbands who don't like eating whipped cream for their wives who want to eat it. <laughs> I can't talk anymore. <laughs> um, okay. No, when that happened, I would just write a letter. I would... I would t- t- <laughs> I would take my parchment paper, calligraphy, dear, vivid, video. Send it. It's done. We lived kind of close, or we did live really close to vivid headquarters back in the day. I bet you did. No, we did, I said. So what would you give Orgasma for final grade? D plus. D plus. And you? Probably like a C minus. It's not unwatchable, but it's not something you would choose to spend... 68, whatever it is, 88 minutes of your time with. <laughs> I thought it was fun just to see your reaction. Towards the end, I'm getting sleepy. You're always sleepy. No, I wasn't. Not during the ball. I was sleepy during this. Okay. <laughs>
Well, thanks for experiencing this with me. This, you know, this started out with promise. This this podcast, and then it ended like a cluster. This episode? Yes. Oh, well, that's what happens when you start talking about porn. Well, I don't know. I mean, like we were so coherent when it came to Moneyball, and then when we turned it into Money Balls, it just became like. Come on, anybody who sees Moneyball is going to be like Moneyballs. <laughs> I don't think they really will be, to be honest with you. Okay, well then, just me. Fine, I'll be the lone wolf. I think they'll think of either Brad Pitt movies or they'll think of sports movies. Okay, we'll go see it. It's a good movie. Yes. Yes. The other one, not so much. See you too. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, this has been fun, Justin. Um, if you want to um, read Chrissy's ramblings about porn, whipped cream, uh, oh, Ryan Gosling, etc. Promising too much. <laughs> Chris Winters on Twitter. I'm Justin Winters on Twitter. And that's it. He's the yin to my yang. Yang. Which rhymes with Wang. <laughs> <laughs>